What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Against All Odds podcast. Today, I have Andrew McRae. I say that right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Andrew, tell me your full name, your position, your age, and place of birth. Uh, so, my full name is actually Andrew Ian Seamus McRae. Um, uh, 28 years old, goalkeeper. Uh, I was born in Kentville, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Fun fact, Mimi thought that Nova Scotia was in Russia <laughs> the first time she heard it. All right, let's roll the intro, and then we'll get started. All right, okay, so with these, I literally just have you just go through your entire career. Um, so let's just start. You were born in Nova Scotia. Yep. Just a wee lad up in Nova Scotia, <laughs> freezing. Uh, when did you start playing soccer? Uh, I started about three or four years old, like in the Timbits program. What's that? Um, the Timbits? <laughs> yeah, so up there they call it the Timbits program. It's basically for like kids three to six that can go. It's like a like a free program for younger children. It's basically just babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically all it is. And were you like were you always a goalkeeper? Uh, I started playing in goal probably around U10. Um, okay. Yeah. Playing out was never really my thing when I was younger. So, <laughs> so you were playing just recreational soccer from three to six, right? Is that yeah, I didn't start playing high performance until about under 12. Okay. Um, <laughs> to be honest, uh, like when I was younger, my dad didn't actually think I was going to be any good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I, was, I was always the kid that was... You know, running around, not really doing much. You were picking flowers in the outfit. Basically, I was a flower picker, yeah. Uh, Did you play any other sports? Uh, I used to play tennis, actually. Tennis? Yeah. Uh, I I did not expect that. (laughs) I was expecting hockey, honestly. No, I can't skate. Really? Yeah. You're from Canada, you can't skate? uh, No, I know. My my two best friends back home are both hockey players. Uh And... uh, if I even put on a pair of skates, they start laughing. My ankles break. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't skate either. That's what they wanted me to do when I visited Ottawa. They're like, "Oh, we can go down to the canal and skate." And I was like, "I, I don't want to. Like, I'm gonna twist an ankle." Yeah, I tried that once when I was in Ottawa, and it ended very bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you were playing, and were you playing tennis at this age too? Uh, I was playing tennis. Yeah, 10, 12 years old. I was playing tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of got to the point where I needed to decide if I was going to commit fully to, to playing football or if I was going to just play tennis and chose football. So. What age did you quit? Probably when I was about 14, I stopped playing tennis. 14, okay. Yeah. Um, so you started playing, you call it high performance, is that what it's called? Yeah, so that's what, that's what they call it in Canada. If it's, if it's you know not recreational, they, they call it high performance. It's not really high performance <laughs> is it year round uh kind of they have they don't really have programs that you know go january to january or like a like mm-hmm. a 10 month long season um they have an indoor season which is just seven aside and then they have uh you know an outdoor which would start say may and go till middle of august so there's yeah because there's it's in the winter you have to do indoor huh yeah <laughs> and those big bubble domes, is that what you guys have? Uh, yeah, there's some bubble domes, and then there's like there's a few uh, full-size indoor pitches where, where I grew up, uh-huh. but majority of them are just smaller. They're just like seven-a-side field, like a quarter field. Okay. How was the, like, I mean, at that level, did you travel all around Canada? Where would you no, go? No, so when I was growing up, and you know, not until about 14, they... 
you, you start to travel just your province. So like I would play other clubs within Nova Scotia. And then basically from you know, 13, 14 to U17, they have what they call provincial programs. Um, so if you play for your province, then you would travel across Canada. Mm. Um, and it's just like a separate kind of tournament that you go for, say, a week. Okay. And each province would play against each other. and Like, um, yeah, we call it that, like, regionals. Yeah. Or like ODP, I guess, even in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were doing that. I mean, were you on, like, the provincial teams? Uh, I was on there for two years. I was always in the, you know, kind of like the bigger selection group. Mm. But when it came down to, you know, selecting the final 18, um, I was in there for two years and then U16 I was actually cut um, okay. they, it was a couple weeks before we were about to go to the national championship and the coach actually cut me and decided to take a field player as a backup goalkeeper really? yeah wow yeah, yeah. Did, did why did he say that? like he just wanted an extra field player and he uh, apparently he just didn't rate me and then, so I was at 16, and then did you ever get back on the provincial team? No, I never played again for, for my province. Uh, damn. Yeah. All right, so you're playing youth career. How would you describe your youth career then? Was it, would you say, like, successful, decent? Like, were you underrated, overrated? Like, uh, I would say it was at the club level, I did well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to the provincial level, like the what Canada would consider the highest level, mm-hmm. um, I would say I was underrated. The coaches didn't really see much in me. Were you doing a lot of any like extra training at all? Like, yeah, I would I would train nonstop like every day. I would be you know, my my dad would coach uh, my club team, so he coached me all the way up. Mm-hmm. And then I'd either be hassling him for extra training or hassling any goalkeeper coaches for extra training, just trying to get better because I was being told you know you're you're not really good enough. Yeah. So I was always trying to do more and more and more, and you know it's. It's frustrating as a kid, right? Yeah. Um, especially if you're, you know, you have an outfield player taking over you. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like that's like the most insulting thing. Like, no, I'm gonna. Ha- I'd rather have this guy who doesn't even play goalkeeper. Be exactly. The exactly. It's interesting too to talk to like different people. Like you talk to Moses in his youth career. Mm-hmm. His youth career, he was just a top team in the nation of the U.S. every single year. Mm-hmm. And he literally just like, yeah, every year we're number one, number two. Like worst year was number three, mm-hmm. successful. And then other guys are like, no, nah, I was cut from every single team. Cut, yeah. cut, cut. It's just like, yeah. it's it's just interesting. All right, so you were doing that. You were a little underrated, especially after your cut from provincial team at mm-hmm. 16. What was like 17, 18, and then where'd you go from there? Uh, so from after that, I actually moved up an age group and played with a higher age club-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd be U18. And then I, I finished that out, and I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do. Uh, I was considering going to this um, kind of like a, a prep school in England for it was all based for goalkeepers, and um, you could go there and potentially get scouted. Only so, goalkeepers, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, that'd be a nutcase. Like, it's all yeah, just yeah. crazy people in one location. <laughs> so you're thinking about going over there? I was, yeah, I was considering doing that. And then, you know, for whatever reason, I, you know, it just didn't end up happening. So I actually went to Acadia University uh, where my dad coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went there for... A year and a half basically and I played two seasons with them 
school wasn't really my thing. I, you know, grades weren't good. Um, you know, I just I didn't really go to classes. Things where, like that. Where was Arcadia? Uh, Arcadia. Where is Arcadia? Arcadia. Where is that? <laughs> it's in uh, Nova Scotia. It's okay. So like basic, it's in a town called Wolfville, which is like ten minutes from my hometown. Okay. Okay. How many people are in your like area? Um, my town. The last I looked, I think is like. I don't know off the top of my head. I think it, it's not many, like a few thousand. <laughs> because when I saw it, because we have a mutual friend named Zoom, and he's playing in Halifax. Yeah. And I saw his, like, he posted a little picture of, like, what Halifax was, like, just like, <laughs> from his window. Yeah. It was a train yard, snow, kind of like, that's what I expect, like, when I think of Nova Scotia. Like, it, it, there's obviously going to be better parts than just well, a train yard. Halifax would be considered the nice part of Nova Scotia. Really? Yeah. Uh, so what is, are, is it like, do you have a lot of trees there? Is there like, I wanna, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to picture it. I can't it, even think. It's a lot of like, you know, farmland. Uh -huh. um, so Halifax would be considered a, a city. Uh, it's a small city. Um, but outside of that, it's a lot of farmland. You see a lot of just like open fields where, you know, you're growing stuff basically. Um, you get a lot of country people. Do you chop your own wood? Yeah, really. Well, fun. So, <laughs> one of my best friends that um, I grew up with, uh, he actually just moved back to to Nova Scotia. He was teaching up north, uh -huh. so he owns his own place now. And so, while I was home, I was actually living with him. And <laughs> he chops his own wood. He like everything. Like he he's gonna be start growing his own vegetables, stuff like that. <laughs> so right. this summer, I actually learned how to chop wood for the first time. Yeah, I can just see, I just see you, you like carrying logs <laughs> up, like chopping wood, getting water to, from the stream. We, we would go down into, he, he's got this like massive property and uh -huh. we would go down and chop down trees and then chop up the logs and then have to carry them back up to the property. Cause that's how he like heats his house for the, for the summer. That's that for the summer. You have to or heat not, it in the not summer. The, not the summer, the, the winter. All right, that's all right. Okay, I got a, I got a better picture of it in my head now. Yeah. So you were there, you're at Arcadia. Is that Arcadia? Arcadia. Arcadia. Yeah. You're at Arcadia for a year and a half. You said school wasn't your thing though. Yeah. You're there. Um what was the next step after that? And why were you um, only there for half a year? You just finished out the second season, is that why? Yeah, basically like I played first year, squeaked by on the grades. Second year I just like I just couldn't do it. I wasn't really interested in anything like I I was in weird classes like looking back like I I went last minute my very first year and I was in classes like music <laughs> right? so like you know me I'm not really that musical so <laughs> musical we're in this we're in this small classroom it's like maybe 12 people uh -huh. and you know like because uh, you know, my dad's the coach. People know who I am. I have to be in the classes, especially the small classes. Mm -hmm. And our music teacher, it was supposed to be just like a classical, like learn about older music. But she actually wanted to teach us how to sing, basically. <laughs> so she would like try and get us to sing these notes. And it, it was just a terrible <laughs> experience for me. <laughs> um, how did you like start and play all the games as, as a freshman and sophomore? Uh, first, first year I didn't start. I played played a couple games. Second year I played all the games. Mm -hmm. And But it, the school just... Yeah, I just couldn't do it. It's not not my thing. I just have no interest in sitting in the classroom. How were your grades in high school? 
They were okay, not great. Just like enough to get into that to college. Yeah, basically. All right, and then um, so yeah, where did you go after that? Uh, so after that, I actually went on trial uh, with Edmonton. Um, so they brought me in. And this is when they're in that NASL. NASL, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they brought me in into this like mini camp right before their preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, looked at me, basically said, you know, like you're good enough, but not better than what we already have. Yeah. So you know that that was that. I basically went went back home. Was just playing club. Um, now things turned around for me when uh, uh, my former goalkeeper coach uh, that was in Ottawa. I met him. He uh, came to my hometown and was doing his National A license. Mm-hmm. So he, Bruce Grobler, the former Liverpool goalkeeper, oh, like yeah, way yeah, back yeah. in the day. So he came and so for that summer, I was basically working with him, training with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after that, like he's really the first one outside of my dad that kind of saw potential in me. Mm-hmm. So he was calling people in England, you know, all over in North America to try and get me trials. Um, and then when he was finally taken on to Ottawa, that's kind of when the door opened for me. Uh-huh. So he brought me in 2015 at, at the, the midway point through the season. Mm-hmm. So I was there for a few months on trial with them, um, and then went back home, then went back in the fall on trial again. And they were actually having a turnover of the head coach. So Mark DeSantos was leaving. Uh, Paul Delgleish was coming in and basically they called me in January about you know three weeks before preseason starting mm-hmm. and offered me a contract of that 2016 yeah season? 2016 season okay how long was it when you dropped out of school until you signed that how many years was that two two years three years two three years yeah so you're just training and working and doing individual stuff and like, yeah. what club team was, was it's called still going? Valley United were they like a the league one team or like uh, it would be comparable to like a like a, a league one in in Ontario mm-hmm. that's kind of the level that it's that it's at um, but yeah I was basically just training and hoping that something would open up and just living at home just uh, no I was living in Wolfville um, uh-huh. with uh, with one of my friends that I actually played with. Um, so I was just living with him and just, like, just hoping, just like Dang. not giving up the dream, so. Did you have, like, were you working on the side at all? Yeah, I actually worked at a supplement company. Um, I was basically just selling protein and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how many days were you working in that? I would work that, you know, four or five days a week for say five hours a day. Uh-huh. And then I would just go train and play every day. Wow. Yeah. That's that's pretty crazy. Um, okay, so how was your so how did you get the trial in Edmonton? Just through like mutual connection or um, an agent or what? Basically, I was just going on every single team's website and emailing them my CV, mm-hmm. just asking for a trial. Um, and then they they were just bringing players in, um, so I just locked out with that. So you did? Were you doing that all NASL, USL teams? NASL, USL, England, Scotland, everything. Wow. Yeah. How many teams? So how many teams do you think you completely contacted during that time? Hundreds, man. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. And then how many do you think responded to you? 
Maybe four or five. <laughs> and then how many of the four or five, did they all four or five of those say like, yeah, we're interested, like come in? No, or? it was only Edmonton that brought me in. So you emailed hundreds of schools, I or would, not hundreds of schools, hundreds of teams. Yeah, I would stay up. Like it would, like it was constantly on my mind. Like I was constantly trying to figure out a way to, to get Leave picked school. up. Yeah, and so I would be up like one or two in the morning, like looking up teams, looking mm -hmm. up like contacts and just sending my CV out. <laughs> it's it's just crazy is like listening to because like it's funny because like I go through, I feel like this is something that every single player goes through is like mm. where they email or they're at that like point where it's like okay it's just time to start digging contacting people and it's it's funny because it's like I was you know I do that obviously but then like hearing Moses talk about that or Anthony or whoever talking about that yeah. is just like it's very similar of like that low period of like I just don't have anything and then just out here contacting contacting contacting. Yeah. But, and I even say that in some videos, like you gotta contact hundreds and hundreds of teams yeah. because you get like a 1% return of like any emails. Yeah. And like, it's hard to take that much like rejection and just like, you know, and when you, yeah. you wait after like a month, you email 50 teams and no teams get back to you. And you're like, I just gotta keep going. <laughs> yeah, it is tough, especially like the States are a bit better, but Canada up until the last couple of years has never really been, there's never been a clear pathway for players. Yeah. So like we like now that there's a CPL like younger players can kind of you know have something to aspire to, mm -hmm. right? But before the best thing that I had looking forward to was you know like the Premiership men's, which is still amateur, right? Uh -huh. So it's it is tough because you you know you you don't really see a way to actually get there. You just have to email and you know, basically hassle people to yeah. <laughs> take a look. Yeah. Uh, how long were you on trial with Edmonton? Just a week. Just a week. And, yeah. and that, what you said there too, where you're like, you're good, like you're good enough, but mm -hmm. we just, you're not good enough to replace somebody yeah. is like something too I've heard, like from that I've heard from mm -hmm. that you've, you know, obviously you heard and then the other people, Moses and Anthony, I think too, and DJ and AJ as well. They're like, everybody was like, has heard that, you know, like, yeah. oh yeah, you're good. You're good enough. But like, why sign you and and just have another mm -hmm. guy that you know mm -hmm. and it's that's the hardest part too is like not only do you have to be at the level of being a pro mm -hmm. you have to be able to outperform someone who's already there exactly. and it's hard yeah. when you have a week to show and you're new to be like yeah. oh yeah i'm that much better you have to have, yeah. a, have to have a crazy week or you need the stars to align of like yeah it's like yeah it's tough yeah it is tough and then um so you're there for a weekend in edmonton how did you feel once they said that like were you just like like, and then did you, any time where you're like, I'm going to go back to school? Or you're like, no, I'm just going to go. Uh, I did go back for half a semester and just played again. Mm -hmm. uh, just because I had no other options. Um, you know, I thought I might be interested in doing nutrition. Um, so I tried that. But it just, again, like I, I would go to the classes and I just would have no interest in learning about you know how the protein goes into your body like that, yeah. that just doesn't interest me right mm -hmm. so it was it was tough because like it was getting to the point you know i was like 22 23 like basically a grown man yeah like chasing a dream and you know it gets to the point where like some people like some of your friends even some family members are like you know maybe you should reconsider mm -hmm. so that that is tough so you 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 know you you got to find a way to kind of push through that and just stay focused and keep doing the things you need to do in case you get that you know that one chance to go try and impress somebody. 
What did your parents think about you leaving school and not coming back? Were they okay with it? Yeah, hundred uh-huh. yeah. percent. And then, uh, did you have any? Do you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, a younger brother and a sister. And are they? Did they go through school and do everything? Uh, no, my uh, my brother actually dropped out of high school. Um, just really did not like school. Uh-huh. Um, he did his GED a couple years ago. Uh, went to community college, got his landscaping degree. And I was like one of the top landscapers in Nova Scotia. Yeah. yeah. How about your sister? Um, she did a few years at Acadia as well. Um, and now she's just kind of in between. She's probably going to go into uh, become a paralegal. Oh, wow. So she's looking into that in Ottawa, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's... I feel like it's hard when like you're doing that because I was like over in Germany at the time mm-hmm. and I was making like so like nothing you know mm-hmm. and just grinding by like looking, like looking at my bank account and just doing nothing it felt like I was doing a lot but it was just like you, you don't have like people from the outside to see that you don't have anything going mm-hmm. really and like some people that are like oh he's going over to Germany to play but other people are like what are you, what are you doing you yeah. know but then I have like like my brother and my sister I think my sister was graduating at the time I still hadn't gra- I was dropped out of school Mm -hmm. and then like my brother was like had like a 4.0 in college Mm -hmm. and like they were obviously going to go and get like good really good jobs and I was like hope this works out (laughs) yeah it was hard with that yeah that's it's definitely tough because unless you're playing in the big leagues you're not making a ton of money Mm -hmm. and you know even in even in the USL like you know unless you're one of the top top players you're not making you know, big big bucks. Yeah. So you gotta like, you gotta be doing this for a good reason. So it's it is tough mentally. Yeah. Did you? How close did you get to quitting when you were at the like two to three years after Edmonton Edmonton trial until when you started getting brought into Ottawa? I don't think I ever really actually thought about quitting. Yeah. No, like I. Like that's not really my mindset. Like I, if I'm gonna do something, I gotta be all in. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, I, I don't really think about, like, you know, what if this doesn't work? Because, like, if you go in with that mindset, then, you know, like, there is a chance that it might not work. But if you go in thinking, you know, like, I'm, this is going to work out, I'm going to do it, then chances are you, you could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. Um, so you're brought into Ottawa now. It's 2016 for, the, for January. Um, how was the the preseason of that? How was it finally to get into like a you know sign a contract and to be into a team? Uh, it was good. Like it. How was signing the first contract? <laughs> it was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it. It was tough because like you know you you sign the first contract and you know you finally done it, but then, like it doesn't stop there, right? Mm-hmm. Like. So now I've signed my first contract, that's the first goal, right? Then, like, I want to play, right? I don't want to move up, I want to, you know, be as good as I can be. So it's tough because, like, I, I such a short turnaround between signing my contract and then mentally preparing to actually go into a, a preseason. Yeah. Like, I, I knew a couple of the guys from being there, you know, on trial the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I wouldn't really say I had any friends on the team. So I'm walking into a, a totally new environment, not really any friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it is is very new because like you don't, you wouldn't see any of that kind of stuff where I'm from. So you just like I didn't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. 
um, especially with a new coach, you know, new staff. I knew the goalkeeping coach, but, uh, you know, a head coach runs things the way he wants to run things. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's funny that you said that, too, about, like, the, the short turnaround of, mm-hmm. like, celebrating and being excited and then immediately thinking, of like, okay, now it, it starts. Like, because yeah. I, I even thought, like, you know, when it's like, oh, I'm going to be so excited when I sign my first, I thought it was going to be this big, super exciting moment. But for me, it was almost like relief, like, finally, like, I got <laughs> it. Like, my name's on the paper. <laughs> and then it was immediately just like, okay, well, try, I got training tomorrow. Yeah. When I signed it, I was already, like, going back to training. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I joined mid-season of Orange County. So it was like right. I had training literally the next day yeah. with the guys. I'm like, okay, now, and the coach was like, if you do well this week, we'll put you in the game. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was immediately <laughs> just thinking about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was just so quick. And Mimi was, like, there when I signed it. She's like, are you not happy? I'm like, no, I am happy. I'm just I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like thinking about the next game now. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is. It is funny about that. Um, how, and how did was that 2016? Was that was Ramon there? No, he came the year after. Okay, I was gonna say yeah. so 2017. Was Jeff there at that time? Jeff was there. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, Anthony. Anthony wasn't there that year. He was there when I was on trial. Okay. Um, Zoom was there. Uh-huh. Zoom was actually on trial with the team. When I was there, he uh-huh. stayed with me in uh, Arizona for preseason. <laughs> it's crazy to see too about like the because the soccer world's so small. Yeah. The, like the intersections. Because I heard Anthony saying that like when he was being brought into like we mm-hmm. heard a story about when he was being brought into Ottawa mm-hmm. as the young. He's like seventeen at the time yeah. or something, and like getting brought in there and. He said how nervous he was and stuff. But it's, it's funny to hear that you were there when he was there too and Jeff was there. Yeah. Jeff will be on the podcast too and talk about how his story ended up, where he mm-hmm. ended up in Ottawa. Um, and how was, how was preseason? How, was, how many goalies were there? There were three of us. Three goalies. So I, I was walking into a tough situation. Uh-huh. Um, there was... Mimi just walked in the door right now. It's not Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll keep going, yeah. Um, So it was a tough situation because there was a a goalkeeper named uh, Romuald Pizer. Mm -hmm. He's a 37-year-old goalkeeper. He's played in the Bundesliga, played in Portugal. He's very experienced. Mm -hmm. So if he's fit, he's going to play. He's the established number one. So, I mean, it was good because I walked into a situation where I could learn from somebody who's played at the highest level. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was good. Uh, it was frustrating at times because with three keepers, you know, not all three are going to dress. Yeah. So there, there would be times where I wasn't dressing. You know, I was in the stands watching games. Um, so that was frustrating. But at the same time, you know, it was my first year, brand new experience. Like I'm learning lots, mm-hmm. and I'm still getting to getting to do what I've wanted to do. Um, so that was good. Uh, the next year was probably the tough year mm-hmm. so they I was actually one of the first players re-signed and like we had a good good chat after the season you know expectations were good what he was saying to me was good and then come season you know there's three of us again and did you still have the Bundesliga guy no so he he left um, the other guy left so it was two other new keepers we got uh uh, a guy named Cal Irving, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, uh, who did we get? A kid from um, Montreal, on loan, right? So Callum was kind of brought in, you know, as the number one, really. Mm-hmm. 
you know, very, very good with his feet. You know, our, our manager at the time really liked to play out the back. Like he basically thought he was coaching Barcelona. <laughs> so he loved to play out the back. So this, this guy was brought in to play. And it was one of those situations where, you know, he was the guy. Like, no matter what, any mistakes, you know, this guy would play. Mm -hmm. So, and like, don't get me wrong, he was a good goalkeeper and everything. Um, but, you know, when, when you see that kind of situation, it is tough to, to mentally stay focused because you're, you're going, you're doing well during training. And you're kind of thinking, like, oh, like, how am I going to get a shot here? Mm -hmm. right? So it was my second year that was actually really frustrating. It was just tough to stay focused and and uh, like really enjoy what I was doing. Yeah, because yeah, that's like it's tough too. Because especially I feel like there's positions where, like even in training, that you kind of get I don't want to say screwed, but like it's harder to show. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like with a goalkeeper too, especially someone with less experience than there's you have. Like you said, a guy with the Bundesliga experience, it's like why? Can, yeah. Like what you said, if he's fit and ready to go, he's going to play. Yeah. So then you have to be ready and to, and to train, but then at the same time, it's like you're probably training and being on the second team and you're playing mm -hmm. against the first mm -hmm. team, and then like the reps you get. You know, a lot of times the coach is so focused because he's working on striker play, mm -hmm. not even looking at the goalkeepers yeah. or something, and you're just yeah. like every training you have to come out here work and try to improve and try to learn yeah. when you're like at some point at sometimes you're like uh, no matter what I do no matter how good I play at this training I probably still won't start yeah like it's it's, it's bad all right so you're at Ottawa for two years mm -hmm. um and you did you get into any games uh I did yeah I got uh I did get a few games and then I would play with you know like our, our reserve team mm -hmm. um so I did get a few games but you know uh, not really that many yeah not enough that's going to make an impact if somebody's wanted to sign you basically yeah, yeah. and at 2016 was that the year that you guys won it or is that like 2015 like 20 2015 is the year the nasl year where they went to the final uh -huh. lost to the cosmos okay and then they had the coaching change 2016 uh is when paul dalglish was there and Basically, you know, we finished like mid table, mm -hmm. um, and then the year after that, it was all over the place. Like we, there was a coaching change about August, uh -huh. so we had basically like a you know an interim head coach and GM. So like that, that was a whole other thing having to deal with you know somebody else coming in, new playing style. You know, new ideas. Um, so it, it was a difficult year for many reasons. Mm -hmm. And that was wait, that was 2017. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. So that was it's funny because our past we probably were in the same. You went? Did you go down to IMG in the beginning of that season? 2017. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was IMG. I remember I like took a picture with Ramon down there mm -hmm. with the guy. So we yeah. ate at the same dining commons. Yeah. Like we, it was probably right. Like we probably passed each other yeah. right there. It's just kind of funny. Okay, so then after the 2017 season with Ottawa, um, did they re-sign you? No. So that like that was a whole new challenge. So because you said there's new coaches, new GM, new yeah. interim coaches. It, probably a lot of change going on. Yeah. So. The guy that took over the head coach role, uh, Julian de Guzman, was actually one of the guys that I became friends with. Mm -hmm. um, so my f first year, like, you know, we'd 
go eat together, go have coffees together, stuff like that. Um, and then he pulled me into his office at the end of the season and said they were letting me go. Mm-hmm. So like that was a whole another thing where you know your friend is basically saying you know we're not going to resign you. Yeah. So then I was just kind of blindsided by that um, and was think like I I didn't know where I was going to go after that. Like I had been speaking to my agent about different uh, avenues I could go down. I had a few clubs interested in me, but nothing really solid panned out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had two guys that I'd played with in Ottawa were from Northern Ireland, and they were playing for a club there. Um, I just happened to be speaking to one of them, and they were asking you know, where I was going to be going this season and all this, and I said I hadn't, didn't have a club yet. He said, well, would you fancy coming here? Mm. I was like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. So within, you know, two, three weeks, you know, I, I was signing a contract for a club in Northern Ireland. Um, basically had to get over there, and there were some struggles getting over there. Like, I, you know, my apartment wasn't ready yet, things like that. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple, couple hiccups along the way. But, you know, once I got over there, like, it was great. So I was in there, they, their keeper at the time was injured, so that's why they needed to bring me in. Mm. So I basically went into a situation where I was going to be playing all the time. So I basically finished up the season with them, playing week in, week out. Could even go play with the reserves sometimes if I wanted extra games. Mm-hmm. So it was good because it was, you know, in a short period of time, I got a lot of games yeah. and a lot of experience. It was, like, it was like the exact opposite of like Ottawa where there's like three fit, ready keepers yeah. going into a situation it's like, now I'm if I'm fit and ready, like I'll play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's that's good. Um, how and so you saw you said two to three weeks after the 2017 season. You no, so I basically went from you know mid November whenever the season ended uh-huh. to about mid January, mid January ish, um, not knowing what I was going to do, mm-hmm. and then that's when I spoke to my friend that played there. Okay. And then, so did you sign like in that January like transfer? Is there a transfer window? Yeah, well, kind of. So because I was out of contract before the the transfer window opened, mm-hmm. I was technically a free agent, so I didn't I really need to sign within the the window. Okay. Um, and you had you said you have a British passport, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so it made it easy just getting over there. I could just work. because uh-huh. is your dad from there? Uh, my dad's from Scotland. My mom's from England. Wow. Yeah, triple or I was gonna say triple threat, (laughs) double. Yeah, that's sick. I was gonna say that it is easier to have like I mean if you have a passport like that European or anything it's it it makes the visa process a lot easier. easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so how was the transition from like because a lot of people ask that about like the transition from playing you're playing North American soccer Mm -hmm. your whole life. And then you go over there. Was did you find any differences? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Or I loved it over there, uh-huh. but it is very different. Mm-hmm. Like the North American game is more. I don't want to say more athletic, but it's more. Uh, it's just faster paced. Like you see more natural athletes over here, mm-hmm. whereas over in in Europe, like you get a lot of guys that you know have the football and brain but you don't necessarily see them in the gym yeah. six days a week. Yeah, right? yeah. So like there are guys over there that you know never lift a weight ever. 
Yeah. But they're they're sick players. Mm-hmm. Right? But they're it is different. Like you see, some players over there would struggle coming over here, mm-hmm. just with the the speed and you know the athleticism of some players here. But same goes with players here would struggle over there, just because some players aren't necessarily thinking the same way. Yeah. So they compensate by like a like a tactical their tactical side because they're just more athletic. Exactly. Like they can be out of position or mess up because they can run and get yeah, back. Yeah, not have as good a touch yeah. just because they can make up for it. Just for yeah. Because that's what that's exactly why I noticed in Germany too. I'm, yeah. like, I'm looking at some of these guys like take off their shirt in the locker room. And I'm like looking around like, what level is this? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> are these yeah. guys like what's and they're smoking and like drinking yeah. and doing stuff. And I'm like, what? Where yeah. am I? And then they're on the pitch and they're just like pop pop like every touch is clean <laughs> yeah. and they're sharp and they're like the balls just ding 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 <laughs> like wow it's it's sick. Um, so you said you went over there. You said the apartment was took a little time to get ready. Did you have your own place? Uh, so for the first. And what city were you in? I was in a town called Larn. Larn. Yeah. Larn. <laughs> so basically, I'm my apartment's not ready. I'm put up in an Airbnb for the first month. Mm like that like I love I love love Ireland Northern Ireland but like it is a crazy place Mm -hmm. (laughs) you told me some stories and like I don't know how much you want to talk about it in the podcast you can talk about it if you want to talk about it but there's like it's it's uh like it seems like you said you felt safe and you said everything yeah like I I felt safe but like my my first night um, I get to the Airbnb. I'm speaking to the lady. Like she's very, very nice. Speaking to her boyfriend, and you know she's telling me I'll basically have the place to myself. And I was like, okay, sweet. And then we're just talking, and eventually I ask her, so like, what is it you do? And she was like, well, you'll find out just because you're staying here. But please don't tell anybody. I'm actually a, a cop. And I was like, okay, like why, <laughs> why, why can't I tell anybody? She's like, well cops are usually like people try to kill cops in Northern Ireland so I'm like I'm like okay like what am I getting myself into (laughs) so then she's also she tells me she's telling me these stories and then she's like yeah every morning I wake up I go look underneath my car to see if there's a bomb so I'm like okay great I'm gonna die in Northern Ireland (laughs) she's like by the way do you want to ride to the grocery store (laughs) so like stuff like that like there would be crazy things like that happen but like if if you're just there on vacation, people are so nice. Mm. But like if you come in and you're living in their town, they want to know who you are. They want to know what you're doing and basically your whole life. Because mm-hmm. they like things there just run differently. Yeah. And I mean, it to an extent it works for them. Like they, you know. But it's just it's, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many people are in the town? really picking my brain with these numbers <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head it's small town small like yeah. a couple thousand or is it like 10,000 let's say between five and 10,000 okay so yeah pretty pretty small yeah, yeah. so like people yeah. would know each other like, yeah everybody knows everybody uh-huh. yeah so yeah so like when you showed up in the town people are like who's this guy you probably fit in though with the, the, the <laughs> Irish beard and yeah the, that's, that's, how did the how's the the team like, did you get along with the team? The guy's cool. Everything. Was, yeah, everything it was great. Good. Like, it, the football and culture over there is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the way guys interact with each other, the banter is different. Um, but like, I locked out in this case because I played with two of the guys. Mm-hmm. So 
I was walking into a situation where, you know, everybody knows these two guys. And because I was cool with them, yeah. they were cool with me. So everybody was really inviting and, you know, they like I'd go to lunch with the guys. They'd take me, show me around, things like that. So, uh -huh. like, I, I never really... You know, I felt like I had to like try and get to know the guys because they just made it like made it easy for me. Yeah, how much how much easier is it to have a, when you go on trial to know one or two of the guys? Just That's to, way easier. It's completely different yeah. dynamic, yeah. huh? Yeah. And because you go on a trial, and you don't know anybody. It's the it's the worst. Like it's yeah. just even if you even if you sign for a club and you don't know anybody. Yeah. Like, it, it's tough walking into a situation where, like, you have no friends on the team. Mm -hmm. And everybody is already knows each other. It's Because yeah. a lot of times you'll yeah. do that. And, I mean, I got lucky in a couple of places where it's like I went to St. Louis and there's, like, a completely new team. So everybody's getting there and trying to meet people. But mm -hmm. I've also been in places where you go and everybody has their friend groups and you're kind of like, hey, <laughs> can I hang out yeah. with you guys? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. So, um, how, so you went in January. Did you just – did you play and – how did the season go until the to the end of the season? The uh, so the way it works over there, they have they call it a split. Mm -hmm. So mid season, they take the table, they divide it in two, and you only play the teams that are in your half. Oh. So if you're, you know, let, let's say there's twenty teams, right? If you're in eleven through to twenty, I think it is, then you would just play each other, mm -hmm. and then the top half of the table just plays each other for the remainder of the season. Okay. So we. I've never heard of a league like that. Yeah, it's just, it's the same in uh, in Scotland as well okay. with the Premiership. They they do the split as well, um, but they mid midway through the season they had a ownership takeover. Mm -hmm. So this guy called Kenny Bruce, he's the owner of Purple Bricks. It's this massive real estate company, and so he he's from there he took over the team and he was basically hand picking oh. players. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey. Get down, he was handpicking players to come in, and he basically wants a team in the top league in Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. So, from you know midway through the season till the end of the season, we did well. Mm -hmm. um, but from September until about December, they didn't have a good start. So they, we were in the bottom half of the split, mm -hmm. but finished at the top half of that. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and then after the season ended. Did you stay there? Mm -mm. No. So they, unfortunately, in Northern Ireland, like it's not, you get some players that get paid really good money. You get mm -hmm. some players that, you know, might get 50 quid a week. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, I was talking to somebody who was over, I think in, not in Northern Ireland, but just in Ireland yeah. or it was either in Scotland. And they were saying that like their team was like that too. Like there's guys that were on a lot like I think they were saying like four or five thousand yeah. something a, a month, and literally people on like fifty pounds, yeah. like yeah. nothing. And I'm like, it's just. I mean, that's a huge, huge difference, yeah. though. Yeah. So they, the keeper that was injured, um, had another year on his contract. Mm -hmm. He was on good money. Like he, you know, he, he was in the Manchester United Academy. Like he, he's a good goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. um, so they didn't have the money to basically re-signed me on a good salary um, so I didn't end up staying you know like I, I did really like it you know if things had worked out I probably would have stayed um, but yeah I didn't end up staying so I went and did pre-season the club in England um, 
So I was there, and it was kind of the same same kind of thing. I, you know, they couldn't offer basically enough money to be able to live off of, because mm-hmm. um, like if it, like it's not all about money, but you need to be able to at least <laughs> buy your groceries, pay your rent, yeah. stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, how did you get the connection over to that team in England? It was just through my agent. He oh, okay. he knew somebody over there. Uh, he knew a club that was looking for a goalkeeper. Um, so I went over and there was one other guy um, that was on loan from you know a, a higher up team mm-hmm. so they didn't have to pay his salary um, but the money they had to pay for my salary just wasn't enough so I couldn't really do it mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have any other options so I went home from basically September until December and I was just training waiting for something to open up from September through December? Yeah, yeah. Like home to Nova Scotia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dang. And so were you working at all there? Or did you just, literally just were just training? <sighs> training, basically the whole time, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, how was, at that time, how were how was your, like, mentality at that time? Were you feeling like, oh, this is going to, like, I'm, I might quit? Were you feeling pumped because now you, you wanted to go back over there? Or, like, how, what was going through your head? Uh... I wasn't really sure. I was waiting to see, like, I was just waiting for something to open up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew if I waited long enough, something would open up. Um, but it was just, you know, like, con- I, again, I had to, like, you know, on top of my agent reaching out to people, I would have to reach out to people, just, you know, send my CV and video off to clubs. And, yeah. And then I lucked out... Uh, the goalkeeper coach Bruce, who was at Ottawa, yeah. um, called me one day and basically said, "You know, I've just been talking to a guy who has a lot of connections. You know, he wants you to send him his send you uh, send over your CV, um, your video, anything that you can." So I sent that over to him, and a lower league club was looking for looking for a goalkeeper right away. Okay, and. Basically, it was an opportunity for me to go over, get some games, play, just at least, you know, keep ticking over until something bigger came along. Yeah. So I left, you know, they called me and I had to book a flight basically within a week and go over to England. So I left in December and was over there until the 20th of January and then flew here. Okay. So I basically... It was a tough one because I spent like I spent Christmas in a hotel room, uh-huh. and New Year's in a hotel room on my really? own. Yeah. Did you just by yourself do everything? Yeah. yeah. It was tough. It was yeah. different. Like my first Christmas away from family. Yeah. So it was very very different. That's like yeah. That's one thing. Like even I mean because it's hard because I talk about this even with like social media too. Like you'll show like people will be like oh yeah he's going over and playing over. You know, in Ireland, playing, he's over in, in Sweet or not Sweden, mm-hmm. England, and then let's like from the outside perspective, it's like, oh yeah, that's sick, you know, like that's so sick. Yeah. But there's a lot of times where you're like lonely, or like you're just like, this isn't exactly what I thought it was gonna be yeah. like a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but it's worth. I feel like it's always worth. Obviously, it's worth it, or else we would have like quit. Yeah, it's worth it. But football is a very lonely sport. Yeah. Like yeah. There's a lot of time, like unless you have a girlfriend or a wife or you know friends on the team, mm-hmm. like you, a lot of time you're just sitting in your apartment on your own doing nothing. 
<laughs> doing that, just waiting for the next training. Yeah, and you, can, and you can't do that much activity because you're sore and tired. You have to, yeah. 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 It, there's a lot of like, that's yeah, a lot of just doing nothing. Yeah. Um, so you went over, you were this because this was this just this December, January. Yeah. You were over there. Yeah. Did you, when you got the call about this, were you have any hesitation about coming over here? Did you think like, like, uh, like, yeah, what was like you're going through your head at that time? About coming to Tulsa? Yeah, were you like, oh, I don't know, like maybe things are going to work out over here in England? Where you're kind of like... Uh, I didn't really... F- I didn't really think about it too much. You're like just I, not a thinker, huh? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, it's good, honestly. Yeah, I think that's, how, that's like, how you do better. Normally, like, I'll, I'll have a pretty good feeling. Like, I'll know right away if I want to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I spoke to my family back home, told them the offer like spoke like and I spoke to my dad about what he thought my best options were mm-hmm. like we both kind of agreed like coming over here like it's you know the setup here um you know it's it's a stable contract yeah you know things like that and you know it, it just sat like everything you know speaking when I when I was speaking to Godwin like everything he was telling me that mm-hmm. that uh Gaffer was saying like it 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 sounded like a good good idea to come here. Yeah, yeah. Because the the one thing about like the USL, it's like it does. It's professional. Like yeah. like it looks. It's yeah. a very professional league. Like you know, sometimes there's it definitely has its downsides and things that it has its faults. But like the the filming of the games and mm-hmm. like the treatment mm-hmm. of the players, like everything is very very good. Uh, but yeah, so then you flew from you said England, right? You flew from England over. To, to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> how how was that flight? Were you? Could, did you sign before you left, or did you have to come here on trial? Because no, you signed so I, before, right? Yeah, I signed before. So I got the offer on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Signed it on Friday night and left uh, Monday morning. Wow. <laughs> Quick turnaround. Yeah. yeah. Very. And then that's that's another thing too. People will be like. Like, what's your plans, like, going forward? Like, two, three-year plans. And I'm like, I don't plan. Because, like, yeah. stuff can... Like, you think probably in your head a week before that, you're like, I'm going to be over in England. I'm going to you know, probably, you know, work my way up, do mm-hmm. lower leagues, do whatever. And then all of a sudden, within one phone call, you're now plans completely shift. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's always like, oh, yeah, it's good to have goals, but you shouldn't have, like, plans. Because, like, the plans, like... Yeah, it's, it's, tough. Gonna, yeah. it's um, tough. So then you flew over here. Uh, what was your first impression of Tulsa, Oklahoma, the team, everything? <laughs> you met me. <laughs> um, I like it. Like, is it in terms of the team and everything? Like, it's a really good setup. Mm. Um, like, there's a clear plan on what we want to do and how we want to do it. Um, you know, the training facilities are good. The mm. Stadium's nice. It's a bit cold right now, <laughs> but <laughs> today was, woke up and it was 14 degrees outside. But like, th- this is a nice day in Canada. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. You can't complain much in Nova Scotia. I I'm gonna be really really excited and to see how you do in the summer. I'm gonna because <laughs> it sounds like you've never you've never lived anywhere that's gotten like like I know it gets hot and humid over in Canada even in mm-hmm. the summer, but mm-hmm. like does it get to the hundred like hundred degrees, hundred ten degrees no. in humidity? No. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's it's hot and humid. Yeah, here. I need like SPF hundred. <laughs> <laughs> that will be good and then so um, yeah. how's training going and how's, uh, how's the body feeling how's everything going uh, body's alright now like there was a couple hiccups along the way like mm. dislocate my rib 
Yeah, because um, that was like the first weekend you dislocated your rib, right? Yeah, yeah, first week. So it took like two, three days to get in to see a Cairo, and uh-huh. so my back was all seized up. But <laughs> Andrew would talk to me if you're watching this video on YouTube. He'd literally be like, hey, Andrew. <laughs> like that's how you yeah. turn. So that was tough, but I mean, training's been good. Like it's, you know, the games have been good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, so far, I think I think everybody's ready to go on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, should be really good. Um, and then, so now I'm going to ask you just some uh, some questions, just like I have lined up that I ask a lot of people. Um, what was the the absolute lowest period of your entire career where you I know you said that even when you were had didn't have a contract for two years after you dropped out of Acadia um you said that you weren't even like thinking about quitting but was there any moment that you're like this is actually probably the moment where I might quit like do you have any low period like that I've got like low periods where I was frustrated but I never thought I was gonna quit Mm -hmm. like I yeah, like I'm, I'm too stubborn for that. <laughs> uh-huh. That's I think that's 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 crazy because I, I feel like I've had a lot of times where I'm like, man, I don't know, like this might be it. No, like I I don't know. I just I just can't think like that. Like I like even my brother when like when when uh, I was considering going over to England, he was like, well, what if it doesn't work? And I'm yeah. like, well, what if it does? Yeah. Like uh-huh. I just like I I can't think like that. Would you say you're an optimist then, or do you think you're just with with certain things like things that I want to do, uh-huh. and I think I can do. Then yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm very I'm realistic with it. But like if I think I can do something, then like I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And then what is the the absolute best time of your career? Where you're like everything that I've went through is worth it because of this. Probably signing that first contract. The first one. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, and then, uh, if you could go back to yourself at between 15 and 18 years old, um, what, do you have any piece of advice that you would tell young Andrew? Uh, appropriate advice. (laughs) (laughs) He has appropriate advice. (laughs) Just not to listen to anybody. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I, like, uh, like, that moment where that coach cut me and took a field player over me mm. like I probably would have just flipped him off <laughs> uh-huh. good advice good uh, advice hear that kids <laughs> <laughs> like looking back anyway right yeah. like cause like I just find when, you, when you're coaching kids you, you can't just look at like how they are now you have to like see the big picture yeah yeah so like if I would like that that's probably what I would tell myself mm-hmm. not to flip him off, but <laughs> like just yeah. think like a picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's I feel like too as a kid it's hard because um, that's on that piece of advice is exactly what I would tell mm-hmm. myself. I'd be like, don't listen to the critics, like people that tell you to not like, mm-hmm. oh no, I don't think you can do this. Because like as a kid or even from like that those years, you get somebody who has like authority over you that's gone through the pro ranks or even high level soccer tell mm-hmm. you no it's not you're not gonna be able to do it yeah. it's hard to be like have the belief that you can because like my I've had coaches high school coach uh, club coach like when I would be like even something simple like oh yeah I want to play division one college soccer mm-hmm. they literally just straight up no it's not you, you won't be able to mm-hmm. like you're not at the mm-hmm. level I'm like okay well I thought I would and then it just kills you like yeah. it kills you yeah. and it, it blows my mind too it's like obviously you can tell some people like I don't even know about some people but like 
there's a clear line of like good players and bad players yeah. and all that stuff. But like to tell someone who might be at that board, because I did go end up and play D1 soccer, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like to tell someone who's at that border just so distinctly like, oh no, you, it's not going to work out. But when you can't predict the future, yeah. it's kind of crazy for coaches. And so many coaches do that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. No, it is. Like, like I find a lot of coaches are just worrying about that season. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if somebody's coaching a club team, they're just worrying about how the players are in that moment mm-hmm. and how they're going to be successful that year. But as a coach, coaching kids, you got to be thinking, you know, you know, yeah, I want to win now, but how can I help this kid get to where he wants yeah. to get to or could get to? Because I, I mean, even at, who cares at what your record is when you're 15 years old, you know, yeah, or 16? Nobody remembers that. I, can't, I literally have no idea how many <laughs> games we lost. How I remember winning some games, but like, mm-hmm. it's it's they focus so much on winning and being successful as a team mm-hmm. when it's like you should be focused more on other things like developing the guys for the long term. You know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. There's a lot. There's a lot you could talk about with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, is there anything else that you want to say? Just ending notes to the podcast. Anybody listening? <laughs> I don't think so right now. No. All right. Good. All right. Well, this is Andrew McRae. Uh, all his social media will be in the description. You'll have a little pop thing that will have your Instagram. Um, yeah. Any last words? <laughs> I'm just gonna kill you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Any luck on getting the blue ticket? Oh, God. Wow, are you going to roast me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andrew's got the blue blue check mark on Instagram. Are it's you from, serious? It's from Ottawa Fury, right? Yeah, I mean, I got it, but yeah. Yeah, of course you got it. <laughs> He earned it. Okay. He earned it. He earned it. That's sick, though. Hopefully one day. One day I'll get it. Does uh, Anthony have his yet? Anthony? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, guys. This is the Against All Odds podcast with Andrew. Um... Yeah, I guess that's it. See you guys on the next one.